You are listening to another podcast from the MT Fan Network. So what do you think? Does it come in black? Hello, listeners. This is episode 14 of The Last Page, a comic book podcast formerly known as The Last Page with Jesse. Now that I have a co-host, we've decided to change the name to just include The Last Page. My co-host is Renee Garcia, a member like myself of the comic book Bean Club. He's a part of the California chapter, and I'm looking forward to future episodes with him. This episode, we're joined by another member of the comic book Bean Club, Aaron Rizzo, the president himself. He joins us for the next hour to discuss comic books, comic films and shows, rumors and news, as well as a quick recap from both Aaron and Renee who attended this year's Kamikaze. This episode, like all episodes, are brought to you by the Empty Rant Network of Podcasts, and you can find previous episodes of The Last Page, as well as recent episodes of Geek Rant at EmptyRant.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. This is Jesse with The Last Page. I'm joined this time by Renee Garcia, who joined me on last episode, episode 13, from the Comic Book Bean Club. And this episode, we have a special guest, the president of the Comic Book Bean Club, Aaron Rizzo himself. Uh, both of these gentlemen are from California. I'm stoked to have these guys on this episode with me. We were just talking about some DC comics, so let's get back into our discussion about Batman and Batman and Robin Eternal. Uh, me and R- Renee were discussing Batman and Robin. I'm sorry, Batman 46. I know Aaron didn't read this one, but we had quite a lot to say about Batman 46. We're getting a little bit more insight into Mr. Bloom character. This one, I know Renee mentioned it was kind of like bittersweet, like good and bad. So if you don't mind, let's just go ahead and go back over that just for our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I like most about this is that we got more of Mr. Bloom. They've been teasing him for a few issues now, so it was cool to see him in action and just pretty much lecturing like the higher end of Gotham and basically killing them off after the lecture that he gave them. But it also did suck because I still want Bruce Wayne back, so Everybody that's the does. bittersweet part. Yeah. yeah. And like I was telling you earlier, it, the cover is very suggestive, you know, but obviously the parts that we do get Bruce Wayne are not the parts we want. Um, so if you want to see Bruce Wayne half naked, pick up Batman 46. <laughs> kind of weird, but yeah, I mean, I, I dig it. Like I said, it's it's one of the better ones that I've read since the introduction of Mr. Bloom. I definitely dig this villain. I think he's going to go a long ways. So if you're one of those guys that invest in like key comics, I could see, you know, any issue after 40, a key comic with the introduction of Mr. Bloom, I, I, I could see this. You know, not necessarily the next Joker, but he's he's on a very different level than the other villains in the in Batman's Rogues Gallery. So so far, I'm I'm liking where Snyder and Capullo are taking this direction. But I agree with you; it's just a matter of time we see Bruce Wayne back, assuming the role is uh, Batman. I am kind of enjoying Mr. Bloom kind of wreak havoc. You know, after the city was already, I guess, preparing itself for Endgame, which is you know so. Gotham is definitely on a you know a breaking point, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um, Mr. Bloom is just really different from anything that's been in Gotham. And that's pretty good for a new take on Batman. I just wish we had Bruce Wayne as Batman. Exactly, yeah. And then in Batman 46, we got a couple of uh, pages of Duke, which is uh, one of the Robin characters, which is spilling over to the other Bat books like Batman and Robin Eternal. I know that's a book you two read, so what's going on in Batman and Robin Eternal? That one's oh, been fun. I mean, for me, dude, it's just I, I'm not reading Batman, so it was kind of weird kind of jumping in trying to figure out what's going on. So I'm, I'm sure Renee knows more as to how they both fit in. Well, really, the only thing that fits in is that Batman's gone. Yeah, that really. was the whole thing. I was tripping out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I don't know for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, basically, Batman's gone, and uh, Jim Gordon is now basically an iron man batman so that's pretty much it that's all you really needed to know outside of anything else 
it's its own story. I very much enjoy it. Like you were saying, Aaron, like I just like the dynamic between the three Robins. So, and the yeah, three that Robins was my are, that was my favorite. Who are they again that are in this book? Tim Drake, and then uh, Jason and Grayson. Okay. And I mean, you haven't seen that interaction since what Death? Like since they did that whole run, and yeah, that was fun. That was my favorite part with with Death was seeing all the Robins work together. So seeing them come together for this one. Uh, that that got me in quick, dude. First episode, I was done. As soon as they did that panel with uh, with Jason jumping through up the building, yeah, dude, that just reminded me. Remember when he uh, the Battle of the Cow when he had the the bat suit, dude? It was yeah. like the same panel side to side. Yeah, with the dual pistols. Yeah, that was yeah, badass. It was the same panel, dude. As soon as I saw that panel, I was stuck. I was in. I think Tony Daniel did the art for Battle of the Cow as well, yeah, too. Though that's why it's that's cool. It's. Uh, yeah, well, they 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 hook line and sinkered me with that one panel. Oh man, that goes back then because I think in our last podcast, Jesse, I mentioned how in Battle for the Cow they ended it with like a flashback, and Bruce was hiding a flash drive that said Grayson, and he yeah. hid it under one of the suits. But I don't know if they're tying back to that in this. And I can't find my damn issues of Batman uh, Battle for the Cow to go back and look at it. That makes sense. Yeah, I have mine. I'll definitely check it out. Why did they come together? What's what's their motivation behind that now, this team up? Well, right now they're facing an unknown uh, villain named Mother. Yeah. And it's basically, from my understanding and what I think it is, it's basically kind of showing that Batman created them like it wasn't an accident or it wasn't like the uh, villains that killed Grayson's parents like mm-hmm. Batman orchestrated it and planned it in order to get them to be his Robin. Yeah, and that's I why think. I was lost. That's why I didn't know if that mother character was from the other books. When I was reading it it seemed like something that was already in place. Um no, it's a new one. I mean, she was mentioned I believe very very briefly like in issue one of the first three issues of Grayson, but it was kind of like uh, just really quick, nothing much about it. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy, but it was cool seeing them come together, uh, seeing Jason come up, and then uh, and then Tim kind of being the the computer whiz in the Batcave, and uh, it was really really cool. That's cool. Yeah, like I said, I'm, it's super. It sounds super good. I mean, of course, I regret not getting it, but like I said, with this all new, all different Marvel book, and then after Convergence, I was just kind of not happy with DC so I, I was I was in the process of transitioning all my books to Marvel with the exception of a few DC books and so I wasn't keeping up with a lot of the the previews and and stuff and then like I said I didn't pick up Batman and Robin Eternal because I thought I had to read Batman Eternal when it turns out it I didn't and then by the time I realized I didn't have to read that story to get into this one I was already three maybe four issues behind. I don't know what, what issue this most recent one was. I think we're on six. Yeah, we're on six. I picked that up today. Yeah. See, I, I couldn't. I mean, I'm just better off, especially with it being a weekly. And considering how many issues Batman and Robin, I'm sorry, Batman Eternal was, I, if it's anything similar to that, but in a weekly pool, I, I can't really afford to get into that. But I am looking always for some good DC titles. Yeah, it's definitely one. Definitely one. Yeah, it's definitely worth a trade, so I'll just have to keep an eye out for that one. Some other DC books uh, I know Renee got into. How's Dark Side War going? You know what? I, I need to reread it because I'm so lost in that. I think they've pushed the book back a few times, so it's been longer than a month in between books. Is it a self-titled issue, or is it just each character has their own issue, or what's going on? Well, right now, each character is having their own issue because, like, Basically, each member is now a god. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast, uh, Friday Night Fandom, that I joined, and they read that a lot. One of the, the guys went over like each power that the uh, Justice League members have. I was really was really intrigued by the Flash's power. He's like the god of death or something like that. Yeah, his is pretty badass. That sounds super badass. I guess spoiler alert in the last issue where it was a where they were starting to get their powers, mm-hmm. he basically kills Darkseid. Yeah. That, well, so we're led to believe. I yeah, I remember them talking about that and then mentioning that he's like he outran like his own death and 
basically death is like constantly trying to like keep up with them or it feels very like a uh, final destination from what it was explained to me yeah yeah but yeah I'm gonna flashes, pick this one up. yeah it sounds cool I, there wasn't too i don't at least for me i didn't i wasn't seeing a lot of promotion so it, that book too was already started by the time i was like oh that'd be cool to get into but i am reading the the self-titled flash series and that one is is super good it's an easy book to get into if you watch the show because it feels very influenced from the show, but with very darker and like ominous tones. So it's it's written and drawn very well. So I think that maybe is like three, maybe four issues in from the new story arc, the, the DCU story that they started. So yeah, I've, I've been wanting to get into a good Flash title for a long time, and that was a good jumping on point. So in the Dark Side War, the one you read was just the Batman title, or was it the other one? Yeah, it was just the Batman title. I did pick up the Flash just because, like I said, he he has a pretty badass uh, backstory. I haven't been able to read that one yet. I see. Are these going as like a series, or is this a? Because it, it it wasn't really promoted, so I didn't see a whole lot of it. No, it, it wasn't really promoted, and I think it all just goes back to like the book just keeps getting pushed. Really, like. It's not meeting when it's supposed to come out. It's always like a week or two after its original release date. So yeah, that's what I thought. So what is it? What is it on right now? Well, right now they're just doing like basically one shots for each of the characters. Yeah, that's like, okay. So that's what I thought. Yeah. So yeah. that's where they are. They keeping it that way? Um, I don't think so. It's just really to introduce more of the powers that they got, and then I think they're going to go ahead and get back onto the actual Dark Side War. I see. Okay. Yeah, DC is awesome at a. Uh, at throwing one shots just to get you started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that's what they had to do, though, because really, like, so many people kind of fell off. I mean, I remember when Dark Side War was being promoted, it was like this huge thing. I was like, oh, man, that's going to be badass. And then it kind of dropped off. And then I picked up a Justice League book. I forgot what issue. And it said Dark Side War number one. So I was like, oh, crap. I didn't know it was already starting. Yeah, I remember hearing the name tossed around, but I was just waiting for some, like, promotional artwork and something and like i said yeah, yeah that's I, I flipped a page and i saw dark side war but and then i looked into it and the one shots had already been started yeah i mean oh. it, it's kind of a bummer because now i'm just starting to feel like they can't do any events right i mean and after convergence they needed to come out with a really good event yeah i mean the the bat story arcs you know if they have like isolated story arcs they they tend to do well but when they try and you know, incorporate the whole multiverse with multiple DC titles and characters. Kind of, they seem flustered and not very organized, and they end up with just a bunch of junk. Like, I can literally walk into any comic book shop and I see dozens of those Convergence one shots because nobody picked them up. Oh yeah, I tried returning mine for store credit. Yeah, and my store had two long boxes of them. Yeah. And I felt bad, so I'm just like, Ugh, I'll keep them, man. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be that jerk, you know. That DC guy. used to. DC's crossovers used to be like seven, eight books, and it would only cross through maybe three, four titles. Now it's let's just do all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just way too much. Yeah, it's Definitely. getting, and that's not just DC. I mean, it's Marvel, well, Marvel too. as well. Yeah. Yeah, especially with their Secret Wars event. We'll get into that in a minute, but let's wrap up with your another DC book. I know you read Batgirl, so have you? Do you have the whole Batgirl story arc since New Fifty Two, or where did you pick up with that, Renee? Yeah, um, since number one with Gail Simone. Nice. Yeah. See, so, I, I'd, I'd like to go back and pick up all the the Gail Simone issues, but yeah, I dropped it a little after um, Cameron Stewart got on the book. But are you still enjoying it? Yeah, I mean. It's some of the things are funny. I you can definitely tell it's kind of for teenage girls to yeah. some points. It's very and, uh, teeny bopper. Yeah, and the last issue was really pink and girly, so I was kind of like, oh, man, I hope nobody sees me getting it. <laughs> I mean, I'm but, not gonna lie. I enjoyed it when I was reading it. It was just it was a different take on Batgirl, which I could appreciate. But yeah, the whole reason I dropped it was. Because of the little fiasco with Cameron Stewart and the the Batgirl variant by Raphael. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. I'm just like OCD, so I have to keep yeah. with the Batgirl. Yeah, that's what you mean. 
like I said, it still looks interesting. It's just not my cup of tea. And then me and Cameron Stewart shared words with each other. So I dropped the That was very entertaining. Just, <laughs> yeah. By the way. So uh, we, we still follow each other on Instagram, but he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> His loss. Anyways. Oh, um, I remember, remember <laughs> when that was going through. Yeah. I, I remember seeing it and I was pretty shocked. That yeah, me too, right? I'm like, man, most people like want to talk to them about friendlier things. <laughs> and I was seeing Jesse, what he was saying, I was like, dang, Jesse. I mean, he's a cool guy. I respect him. Just, I mean, didn't respect his decision. And it's my money, so I get to choose where I put that. So I chose to drop the book. So good luck to him. But yeah, he's, I, I just don't have no interest getting the book. But I do love Gail Simone, and I'm kind of bummed that she started a new indie title i think on image comics and i should be picking it up but i'm not so i may need to hunt that down i forgot what it's called something room it looks pretty cool um yeah i'll need to i'll need to look into that title you said you picked up some marvel books which ones did you pick up even if you haven't read them but which ones have you picked up Renee? um i think it was spider-man was it spider-man i'm not too sure last week my shop didn't get their books so i don't know if spider-man was one of the new ones that came out this week I think so. Amazing, maybe number three or something. Yeah, yeah. number three came out, and then ninety nine came out. Oh yeah, twenty ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That's another book yeah. I'm regretting not picking up. Amazing Spider Man. That first issue I read was super good, and because I read Superior Spider Man and a little bit of the most recent volume three, it had me interested, and it. it had a lot of influence from those two story arcs. But like I said, I think that one's a weekly one too now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Which I cannot afford again. With all the the other all new Marvel titles that they're, they're throwing out there, so so you haven't able, been able to read any of those, Renee? No, I mean I barely just read these Batman ones uh, today, right after work. Batman is priority, so I don't blame you. <laughs> what about you, uh, Aaron? Have you picked up? Any, what did you grab? You said you grabbed your pull today. Yeah, well, actually, uh, last week and this week. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I grabbed the Amazing Spider-Man. I thought it was awesome. That's my favorite Marvel book right now. I'm reading. Yeah, I could see that. That's cool. Ninety nine was awesome. Uh, it got a lot of like a lot of heat, but I don't think anybody read that Marvel or that it was the Avengers. It was that preview book. Mm-hmm. They had like little. I think they had like what maybe two or three panels, just kind of giving you a head start into the, oh, the yeah. books that are coming out. Yeah, yeah. That that actually explained. Um, if you just read two thousand ninety nine Spider Man, you're probably going to be lost if you didn't read that little preview that makes sense because he's back of, in his current timeline no he, he's in arc he's in the the timeline right now oh he's still stuck here yeah he's stuck here he wants he came to in back. here he came to the marvel 616 like regular universe with um spider-verse whenever superior spider-man was trying to i think recruit like all the other spider heroes yeah he's out here i think the only one that's not out here is is Spider Gwen? I think she's the only one that's not a part of it. Okay. Wasn't he here before, Jesse? Wasn't he during the Superior Run? Yeah, one of the. I don't remember how he got here, but yeah, it was it was Superior Spider Man that brought him here. I don't remember why, but I, I thought it was to recruit him for that. But oh, you know what? No, it was because he because he sent him off to go get some recruits too. So yeah, he was already here, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still here. I, I know, know he's. How he got here, but yeah. He wants to go back, but he's still here because he's working with um, – yeah, he's working with them right now. So Peter Parker, like the new improved Peter Parker or the cool. Tony Stark Peter Parker that's we got now. Yeah, with his tech and his buildings. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he works with – yeah, he's working with him. That's and cool. I guess people got kind of upset because he wasn't wearing his, his suit in the first issue. Uh-huh. But if you read the preview, then you'll understand why. They just don't explain it. So I think they assumed everybody was going to read that preview. I see. Yeah, Really good, though. Really, really good. The the last run that he – which was very short-lived, but I, I picked up the first few issues of that Spider-Man 29. And it was good. My motivation was because I started liking the direction the character was going from Superior Spider-Man. But I didn't really stick with it. Most of my, my spider books dropped and then i took a chance on that renew your vows uh, secret wars tie-in and i absolutely loved it so that's still ongoing so that's the only spider-man oh no i'm reading spider gwen very few spider titles now that i'm reading 
Yeah, I stopped after the Spider-Verse. That was too much. Yeah, I think me and Renee talked about that last time. That's about the same time we stopped picking those books up just because Spider-Verse was kind of all over the place. So yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm picking up the, the Secret Wars tie-ins. Speaking of Secret Wars, I just finished issue 7, and that's definitely a, a Marvel book I suggest you guys read. But 7 issues in, uh, I don't blame you if you don't go back. And I know not everybody's a fan of trades, but that's something I would definitely suggest you guys get into. It's not confusing if you read it. It's confusing if you're reading the all-new, all-different Marvel titles, and then you go back and read read secret wars because it doesn't make sense the, the timelines are off because secret wars is still ongoing like i told renee last time yet you've got these all new all different marvel titles and characters already reintroduced into the marvel universe that is already torn to shreds but this the secret wars keeps getting better and better and this last one was that's, awesome yeah um, that's what's confusing because i was trying to get back into marvel um i stopped pulling marvel I mean, except for a few titles, but I, I stopped pulling just because I knew they were doing that whole re, that retake, mm-hmm. and then stuff is still going through, and then they did the whole the rebrand, and it's still going through, like the old stuff's still there. Yeah, it's some some titles are still like ongoing, you know, and showing their regular numbers, and some have taken it back to one. They all knew all different titles are supposed to be the the aftermath of the issues picked up after Secret Wars, but Secret Wars is still two issues away from concluding. So if you're reading both. The Secret Wars current and new titles, you're you're probably confused like I am about where it all fits in and where what picks up whenever what left off. But I think that'll be explained in the next two issues. It's definitely escalated to a break point in Secret Wars because, like I explained before, Secret Wars is basically a, a compilation of different eras and times and, like, I guess formats of the marvel universe universe that are all just thrown into this big world or they call it battle world so you've got these different aspects of the marvel universe all compiled you've got like a whole area designated to just thors and a whole area designated to just hulks and then you've got these uh, other isolated issues that pick up on previous story arcs like uh, civil war and stuff like that so this issue well in the, in the previous issues the some of the escapees from the regular Ultimate Universe ended up on Battleworld, and they were the only ones that were, I guess, coherent to what was going on around them and how this came to be. And Doctor Strange or Sheriff Strange was a, basically like a sheriff to Doctor Doom, which is the god of this planet, was basically, I guess, playing two sides to the coin. And he didn't want Doctor Doom to kill all the escapees, like um, the new female Thor and Reed Richards and Spider-Man, stuff like that. So he used his powers to basically just send them to different areas of Battleworld to basically escape death, but he ended up dying in the process. So now you've got all these different, like the Black Panther and stuff like that, and more, all in these different areas of Battleworld, and they're basically just trying to recruit different, I guess, portions of Battleworld to oppose Doctor Doom. So you've got, like, which is super cool, you've got the Black Panther... Uh, wielding the infinity gauntlet leading the entire marvel zombie universe against dr doom and then you've got like these world crushers that are like a team of hulks against dr doom and an entire group of thors led by the new female thor against dr doom so it's super cool to see all these people like in one book taking on one guy i might have to just get the trade it's it's like I said, even if even if you just grab this issue just to look at, because the art is is super awesome. Just to see all these characters like going at it, it's like super cool, like to to see it all transpiring. So I'm really excited to see where the next two issues go. I think number eight, which is the next issue, was supposed to wrap it up, but I think they extended it because of the success of what Secret Wars is doing right now. So I think it's been bumped up another issue or two. So I think yeah, that one's a monthly book, so or at least a bi bi weekly book. So it should be about another month or month and a half before we see that wrap up. And then I think once it is wrapped up, the all-new, all-different Marvel titles will make a little bit more sense. Yeah, because I thought Secret Wars was only going six issues deep. Yeah, six, and then I think then it turned into seven, and now it's a nine-issue run. Which, I noticed this last issue I picked up is a lot thinner than usual, so I think they maybe kept the same story and just split up the last few issues into to make it into a nine issue run now so i don't know if it's new content well you sold me to get the trade it sounds uh, badass yeah it is super badass and you've got like i said the marvel ultimate and the regular universe kind of going at it and then you've got thanos taking on like apocalypse and you've got reed richards from the marvel and ultimate universe basically working together and miles morales and peter parker both working together so it's weird to see these two you know these same people working 
and agreeing and disagreeing and like the relationship they have with each other when they're forced to work with each other basically save their planet. So like I said, nobody really knows what's going on other than the escapees that escape from these two different worlds onto these life rafts. And they're trying to basically convert all these people because the, the current residents of this battle world are in the impression they've just always been there and that's just always the way things have been. He's, they're, they're slowly like converting everybody. Even like the whole wall that's built around Doomguard, which is like Dr. Doom's castle, is made entirely of a living Ben Grimm, which is the thing. He, he's literally the thing that is protecting the castle. And then you've got <laughs> Thanos. Yeah, Thanos is telling him, like, oh, this is all you're going to be, you know, just think about it. This is not what you're made to do, basically. And so then you see this living wall of, of the thing basically just on a dime, like, you know, be like, you know what, you're right. And he just, like, lets loose. So this new, the new preview for the next issue, it looks pretty badass, too. Sounds pretty tight. Yeah. Like I said, even if you don't read it, just take a look at the book next time you see it on a shelf. It looks pretty cool just to look through. I think the, the only other Marvel issue I read was Extraordinary X-Men that came out with Roberto Ramos. I don't know if you all read any X-Men book. No, not right now. Yeah, I really no, I really like the last one. They had the, uh, the Uncanny X-Men and the all-new X-Men. So I took a chance on this one. It's good. I'm going to give it another maybe two or three issues, but nothing really that blew me away. But it was pretty good. I am, however, got the uh, the J. Scott Campbell variant for Extraordinary X-Men on the way, though, that magic cover. I don't know if you have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was an old variant. I think I saw it on uh, Instagram. Um, I don't know if you guys know Comic Book Zach. Yeah, he got it, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a new one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one looks pretty dope. So I ordered that one. Um, my buddy Glooby from instagram as well hooked me up with that one so it's on its way oh nice veterans day put that on hold real good though yeah i think the last x-men book i read was the uncanny x-men and it was really good from what i read i think it was brian michael bendis i'm not sure but the battle of the atom was really good and stuff like that so this is a a unique x-men team so who's on this team um it's a little bit of everybody storm is the one leading the team currently honestly i can't say off the top of my head but i know they run into quite a lot of people like Old Man Logan and stuff like that. So, like I said, it's a it's a pretty weird, weird-looking team uh, for right now. A lot of That's, new names and like teenage, younger people. But Old Man Old Man Logan is in this one, right? Yeah, he was. That's, that's why I wanted to pick it up because he was a part of this universe now. Yeah, he made a, a cameo at the end, which basically they sought him out to try and recruit him. I think he's going to end up permanent in the Extraordinary X-Men team. Yeah, I was excited for him to be a part of the the whole new Marvel world. The Old Man Logan series was the best. Yeah, so I've heard. I didn't get to read it. I, I know a lot about it, so like I could have a conversation about it, but I didn't ever read that story arc. It's definitely interesting, so yeah, I'm excited to see him in this one more. You two went to Kamikaze, right? Yes. Let's yes. talk about that because, I mean, I haven't been to a con in a while. Anybody y'all met that stood out or anything like that? Got to meet Rob again. We had a, uh, a mission to get one of the Deadpool comics signed. Oh, yeah. So that was awesome. That was uh, a Scotty and Logan, Uncover, right? Yeah, yeah, the Scotty Uncover. Cool. We were in line for, what, two hours? Dang. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty gnarly line. I saw Carlos was in the, in the Todd McFarlane line. <laughs> which was wrapped around the whole place. Yeah, I can I can imagine that one line was pretty big. Yeah, yeah but uh, Rob, Rob signed it. He's awesome. He was awesome. He signed it. Signed it to the baby. It's a baby's first comic book, so it's gonna be Sweet. framed. It was our uh, mission of the weekend. Was was that, and uh, it was fully accomplished. Did you get anything signed by Rob as well, Renee? No, I got. You know what's weird? I got there pretty early. I think I got there before before Aaron and Carlos. But my goal was to get Jim Lee and McFarland. But by the time I got to the lines, I was just like, dude, there's no way. And I think they had a cutoff for 200 or something like that for Jim Lee. So he was gone like 10 minutes into the con, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was done before we even got there. Yeah, he was. That that was kind of bummer. I didn't get any signatures. So I think this is one of my first cons that I didn't get any any signatures. Oh, wow. Do they do uh, like VIP passes where like some people get in early? Yeah, I saw that at the last minute, though. I think it was like 300 and it was a McFarlane and Lifefield one. Oh, like they have their own VIP passes you can buy? Yeah, they had VIPs, but they had uh, they had it cut down. Everybody was 200, not Rob, but uh, Jim Lee, 
Tom McFarlane. They had 200. So, like, Renee was there way before us, and uh, they were done. As soon as you got lined up for 200 people, that was it. They cut it off. Yeah, yeah so that? any of the artists that were just kind of hanging out, you are able to get to. Unless they were charging, you are able to get to. Um, I got to meet Punisher Tim and okay. uh, 28 Days Later Tim, uh, Bradstreet. We got to see him because he was kind of just chilling in mm. the artist alley. So when you see those people, you got to kind of just hang out and chit-chat and get signatures. Him and Koblish and all those guys. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. This past con that I attended, I didn't get the VIP pass, but I always do make an effort, if, especially if there's early admission. Like Wizard World, most of the VIP passes get in like 30 minutes early. That's how I got as many like Greg Capullo signatures as I have because I got the VIP pass and then it he had like a three book limit the last time so I was able to get his signature and get back in line before the regular attendees came in so I was able to get double the signatures before he, the show even opened up to the to the regular floor so and how does that work though Jesse because I know like there's some artists that don't come in till like 11 or like the big names yeah he was there all weekend so on Friday, he showed up late. So Saturday, he said he was going to be there whenever the show started. And oh. so I was there already, like, waiting for him, like, in line. He was on time that, on Saturday, but he was late on Friday and then late on oh. Sunday. I know we talked about it last week. Like, it's a good thing that it's this popular. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, all of the people that are getting the exclusives, that are getting to be the one in the 200 people for Jim Lee, they're just there to flip their books, you know? And, like, for the true collectors or the true fans, like, they kind of get screwed out of it. I think that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell a lot of them were just flipping the books. The two guys that were in front of me worked at a comic book shop, and they were just getting books stuff to to sell at their shop, which was kind of shitty, but I understand it's your business, too, at the same time, so I don't blame you. But, I mean, yeah, it kind of bummed me out that I was... These were from my personal collection, and these guys are just trying to flip their books with signatures on them. And you can tell whenever somebody shows up with the same books. I had right. two issues of the same one, but that was for me to get signed for one of my cohorts that sent me with his book. But uh, I don't think I've ever got something signed with intention to, to sell it. Yeah, no, me neither. But I think that's why they, they changed it this year. You were, you were one book, and that was it. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah, but that's... I mean... Like I said, it's it, these people have kind of not necessarily ruined it, but you know, turned into something else, not what it used to be. Dude, I remember uh, last year we were in line for Amanda Connor and uh, what's his name, and they had a guy that was in front of us. He had like twenty books stacked. Just put them up because they're, you know, they're signing for uh, for free. You just go up to them or whatever. But yeah, they signed. I mean, twenty books. I mean, they stacked twenty books on top of the table just getting signed oh at long beach yeah man it was unbelievable i remember i didn't think i was gonna get their signature but thankfully i was able to get through yeah i get all my most of my books are all all personalized you see the artist's face when they tell them if you could sign it personally to you and they know you're not gonna flip it exactly Um, they're more enthusiastic to do that for you yeah got todd out in vegas he did that for me and he was totally stoked i mean he looked at me like you really want me to sign your name on this (laughs) yeah (laughs) was like dude it's going in my collection i'm not selling it that's cool what what bummed me out too is i was gonna try really hard i was gonna wait no matter what for grant morrison and he didn't even show up saturday oh really yeah i couldn't find him sunday really oh i was so pissed Like yeah. I went to the the booth that he was supposed to be at, and they're like, "Oh no, no, he switched it like weeks ago." I'm like, "Dude, on Instagram, it's promoting him Friday and Saturday, not Friday and Sunday." Yeah, I've learned yeah, not to was... trust. What and then I, should... I think Sunday he was only going to be there for like an hour, the last hour of the con. So basically, he didn't show up at all. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Ramos, Ramos was back and forth. He wasn't even uh, wasn't even at his booth, dude. He was at his booth like five minutes. Really? And then it's bounced. And then we saw him for a little, like he was there and then he left. He was charging so much, I thought he would have just sat there. How much was, was he charging? charging? Uh, he was charging like 30, 40 bucks. Shut up. Bucks. For signature? Yeah. What the hell? Dude, I wanted my, uh, I wanted my um, Amazing Spider-Man number one. I tried to get that. I mean, that was a specific one. They actually had that listed up there. It was like 40, 50 bucks just to get a sign. That's funny because... Kamikaze was like, I think two weeks after Alamo City Comic Con where he was there and I went and his signatures were five bucks a book across the board except for Amazing Spider-Man number one, which was only like ten bucks, I think. Oh, dude, yeah, no. (laughs) And he was (laughs) there the whole time. He never left his booth, but he had like some, I don't know, 
chauffeur with him, like that would go get him food and stuff. Yeah, he was right next to Todd McFarlane and Rob and Jim Lee. That's crazy. So I didn't. I saw him once during the three days I was there. I don't know how these artists decide what prices and stuff because it's not continuous. Because I I didn't think that it would increase, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he had a sign that had like, you know, that was professionally made that had the prices on there. So I guess he has a different sign for like different cons where different prices are charged. How much was um how much was Stan Lee's signature? Cuz I think Carlos told me this, but he said it was like 60 or 80 or something. Yeah, I heard it was I heard it it, uh, it jumped to 80. And see That's what I heard. On, I know it was up there 60 or 80. And like I was saying on Instagram, the convention that was hosting it, hosting him said his signatures were 82 and then I showed up and I tried to buy them. And there were a hundred dollars a ticket, so I don't know how they determine like what prices where to charge, but that's super weird. Yeah, Carlos was in. Uh, he was in uh, three lines that entire day. He Dang. was in uh, Todd McFarland from the morning. Rob Liefeld, he was in there for afternoon till till late afternoon, and then he was Todd. Uh, he was at uh, Stan Lee's till closing till like the last couple hours. Yeah, I think he actually helped close down the whole convention center yeah he was there there. all day yeah i was i was in my hotel room i saw he gave me a text and he was like got it yeah (laughs) yeah it was fairly easy to get the stanley signatures when i was there i guess maybe that's how they decide because the lines for stanley were shorter in san antonio where i saw him so i guess to make up for the cost he would charge more as opposed to the higher volume of signatures he's getting at kamikaze because like it being his show you know they could charge a little bit less so i guess that makes sense the, the umberto ramos one doesn't make sense to me i don't know why yeah. an artist that even charges would fluctuate their prices so drastically from one show to the next yeah that's crazy i, I got a signature for free at WonderCon. Yeah, even like in the same yeah in the same state, like he four hours away and price goes up thirty bucks. That doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, and even Arthur Adams wasn't charging. He was free. He signed my book and everything. That's crazy. Yeah, Humberto Ramos and Stan Lee were the only ones charging for signatures when I went to Alamo City Comic Con. Chu artist Rob Guillory, he typically charges, but even at this show, he wasn't charging at all for signatures. Who knows how these people come up with this stuff? <laughs> Did y'all go Jim, to? Uh, I met Jim uh, Chan too, and he was he was uh, he was a character. Oh yeah. Yeah, he wasn't too uh, too exciting. No. No, I was pretty. I was pretty bummed. Everyone I talked to, like Tim, was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I always enjoyed talking to Koblish. He's always Mister Blabber, dude. He will tell you everything that's coming out, even though he's not supposed <laughs> to. That's cool. <laughs> so I love talking to Koblish, man. He he'll show you sketches of things that aren't even you oh, know approved shit. yet or or shown. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he did that last year. He was showing me all the Art of War stuff. I mean, sketches of Art of War. He was like, dude, trust me, this is going to be the cover. And I was like, all right, cool. And, you know, it came out. And I was like, holy shit, he wasn't lying. That's awesome. We need but, yeah, this year he was telling me everything. He was like, dude, there's like three Deadpool books that are coming out next year. And, I mean, he was just kind of throwing the whole thing. He shared a funny moment or a story with uh, with us when we were there about the, the death of uh, Deadpool how uh they all knew that you know everybody was going to die in the marvel and then you know it was going to restart or whatnot they wanted to kind of do a jump start on it just to, yeah. to do deadpool because everyone's going to die it didn't matter and uh, everyone took it literally that you know he was going to be over and yeah. it was just a joke it was like let's just kill him first and watch everybody get all upset <laughs> that's funny so but yeah he's always awesome to talk to chong he was just like yeah let me see your book all right peace yeah, yeah doesn't it suck when you meet people or like artists or uh, writers like that like, I would think they'd be a little more enthusiastic, you know? Yeah, Tim Tim Bradstreet, dude. That guy has got to be one of the coolest dudes. Uh, he was awesome. He He's, if you're familiar with his artwork, is some of the most mm-hmm. epic Punisher artwork I've ever seen. Uh, he did all the Punisher uh, Max series, like, cover art. Yeah. Uh, that real grindy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's done all that. And uh, he's worked on the, the 28 um, Days Later. Mm-hmm. Uh, novel artwork and um, cover artwork and stuff like that. He's a lot of his stuff's real realistic, real grindy, real uh, real mean. Uh, something that he uh, he admitted he was like he wanted he wanted to make Punisher not a little kid anymore. I mean he he yeah. hated that he wasn't that really pissed off, just angry guy that mm-hmm. you know he's supposed to be really brutal. And uh, he wanted to bring that back with his artwork. But anyways, meeting him was just awesome, dude. He was just he was excited. He was making fun of her like uh, he was he had a little table. 
uh, right next to Arthur Adams, who had two tables. And uh, he was like, are you sure you want to talk to me or Arthur? Like, as a joke, just messing yeah. around, because he didn't think anybody knew who he was. <laughs> but uh, awesome guy, man. Awesome, awesome. If you ever see, if he's ever at a, a con, dude, go, go talk to him, dude. He'll, he'll chat with you for a while. That's cool. Yeah, I've yet to meet him, but looking forward to that. I, I, I definitely did, did like, the, the Punisher Max runs that he, he was in. So, And I, I grabbed a few of the issues of the, the 28 Days Later, so I definitely dig his stuff. He sounds cool. Did y'all guys attend any panels while you were there no i didn't yeah no not not me not with those long lines um, i imagine well except for i'm sorry there was one panel we kind of walked into it was todd uh mcfarlane jim lee stanley and uh oh, okay who else was it i saw morrison like... was it morrison um uh who, who was who was it yeah morrison morrison Oh, and the at the live stage. Yeah, the live stage. Did you see that yeah. where Stanley yeah. was just talking shit about DC? Yeah, I heard about that. I think I saw some like clips of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the live stage. He was talking crap about DC. He was talking crap about Todd McFarlane for not including him in uh, the creation Spawn. of Spawn. Yeah, um, there was some good stuff, man. That was that was awesome seeing those four guys talk. That's cool. Yeah. Stan is always a character. <laughs> I, I attended the panel when he was in San Antonio, and that was probably the best thing I've seen all year. But yeah, he's he's super cool. So, like I said, I spent all of my money on him that weekend. So, but that's cool. Did y'all buy anything at Kamikaze? Did y'all get any books y'all were looking for? Or? I think I just bought like basically a trades, really. Yeah. I think I bought yeah I bought Batgirl Volume One trade the Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. Just because I wanted to reread it and I didn't want to bring out all the single issues. And, um, man, just the, the single issues that I was looking for. Like, I mean, I'm basically looking for Batman titles or the variants. Uh, I'm missing a few for Detective Comics as well. They're just, like, they're just hiking the prices up. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy. So On trades? No, no, just, like, the single oh, issues. okay. Which, I mean, I knew, I know, like, the basically 1 through 13, probably 1 through 15, they're going to be a little up there in price, but mm-hmm. I just did not expect that to be that bad. I almost pulled the trigger on the Ethan Van Scriver number one variant for Batman. Oh, yeah. I think they were selling it for 80 which was the cheapest I've seen it, but uh, the bottom left corner had kind of a bend mark on it, it looked like. So I was just kind of like, ah, I don't know, $80, and it's kind of messed up. Dang. And <laughs> the guy was not budging. He was like, do you know what this is? I'm like, dude, you're talking to a guy that follows Batman like his whole life. Calm down. I know <laughs> yeah. what that is. Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he told me, like, do you know what this is? I was like, man, get the fuck out of here then. <laughs> Yeah, some of them and, just won't budge. I mean, I've had my fair share of negotiations that didn't work out. But Yeah, my buddy got kind of nervous because I told him, like, man, fine, keep keep your bent book. And the guy started getting all crazy on me. And uh, I was like, dude, they're not going to kick me out because my buddy's like, dude, they're going to call security on you. I'm like, I didn't <laughs> do anything to him. No, I, I tried negotiating for a Miss Marvel 1 first print this last show, and they weren't budging. I think it was like... 80 bucks already and i was just like seriously like uh, yeah. this book's not even a year old but i mean i know it's a it's a super important book but so yeah i just settled for like a, a three dollar copy of uh, captain marvel 17 which is kamala connor miss marvel's first appearance it was because the the cover was detached otherwise that would be a good like 30 40 dollar book but I was just like, you know what? If you're not going to work with me, I'm just going to go grab this just as a reader copy. So Right. I mean, I think sometimes the best times to do that is um, Sunday, really. But by Sunday, mostly all the stuff you want is gone. It's gone. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of hit we, miss. we waited until Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Do you have any good deals? Yeah, we uh, we got Deadpool 45, the fan cover. Uh, my girl found it for, what was it, like $25, 20 bucks. Really? Damn. Like, yeah, stupid. They're like everything in, in the spots, 50% off. Is what? that the uh, Spider Man and Watch cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. The, yeah, that, uh, the 45 one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you don't want to talk about Deadpool, but uh, <laughs> a bunch of Deadpool stuff. I, I, I listened to the last last week's pod, podcast. <laughs> and you still do uh, this. <laughs> No, I mean, I feel I feel for you, Aaron, especially because, like, right now, he's blowing up. So, yeah. basically, anything that a year ago would have been $5, $10 is now going to, like, $50, almost $100. Oh, yeah, dude. Re- rebuying 
I think I've talked to both of you guys uh, about when I lost my comics. So mm-hmm. yeah, trying to rebuy a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of my old uh, New Mutant stuff and X Force, and just a lot of the old old stuff is just ridiculous now. I mean, it's 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 good and bad because one, I don't have to go to the mall and make spend thirty dollars on making a custom Deadpool shirt when I can just go buy one now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you don't get that airbrush. But, uh, Deadpool I think shirt. the only thing that sucks about it is what they're doing to the prices on everything. It's like yeah. unbelievable. Well, that's why um, that La Mole variant that I was bidding on, uh, the Deadpool one for you, Aaron, yeah. where I saw the price, I was like, dude, are you serious? Like, that thing was going for $80. Dude, that's that's where they're at now. My entire Kelly series, that entire uh, 97 series, man, I got almost that whole entire series. And those those issues, one through five, are easily anywhere from 120 to like 50 bucks a pop. Back wow. in the day, they were like $4. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those old series. I mean, I got the the first mini series, man. Those those things were those things were you could get them on eBay for like seven bucks and like two dollars shipping, and now it's fifty dollars with ten dollars shipping. Oh, that whole uh, uh, Wade Wilson's. Well, I had two of them. Remember, yeah. we auctioned one. Oh, yeah, that whole series, man. I bought both of those series combined, probably because I bought them years ago. But I mean, maybe spent less than ten bucks on both of them, and now they're going for easily fifty to sixty bucks. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Yeah, but it's the way of the world now. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to, like, we're getting, like, finally, like, it's kind of, like, good promotion. And, like, we're getting more cooler stuff now that it's mainstream. But then you have those people that are just taking advantage of it. So that part sucks. Speaking of yeah. Deadpool, are we getting another trailer anytime soon? That's what they're saying, December. Yeah, that's what I heard. I and guess then, everything uh, is coming out in December. I'm hearing a lot of stuff is going to be attached to the the Star Wars film. Yeah, I heard sure, that too. I'm sure you're waiting. I'm sure you're waiting. Waiting really. really <laughs> I'm really almost tempted to buy a ticket just so I can see that new Batman vs Superman trailer. <laughs> That's but funny. I heard that um, Civil War trailer, Deadpool trailer. I don't even know what else, but it's like every comic book movie trailer is supposed to be attached to Star Wars. Oh, well, you know they're going to do it that way. I mean, of course, the Marvel ones, just because, you know, the same rights, you know, the Disney and Marvel and Star Wars. So it makes sense to at least put Civil War there, but I don't know about Batman versus Superman. Are they uh, they promoting them together? Which ones? The Batman, Superman? They're not, that's not going to be in there. See, I, I've heard it was, but I don't know why, yeah, Marvel would take up their... Well, I think in Ant-Man, for, for when I went to go see it, they showed oh, the very maybe. first, like, teaser trailer. Maybe. Oh, for Star Wars. No, for Batman vs Superman. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I do think you're right, actually. I don't really know so, how that works. I mean, I guess it just kind of depends the studio, but I think it also kind of varies per theater, too. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, like I said, I'm tempted to buy a ticket if all that shit is for real that they're going to have. Because I know we discussed this last time. We were assuming that there was going to be a new Batman vs Superman trailer with um, Gotham and Supergirl, and that ended up not happening. No, yeah. Because we still don't have a new trailer for that. Speaking of, are you are you watching the new Supergirl series, either of you? Yeah, I am. What about you? Uh, I am not. It's it's fun. I got I started watching it with my six year old just because, like I was saying last time, most of the comic book TV shows not necessarily inappropriate, but she's still six years old. So I was like, you know, maybe this will be the one that she can kind of get into, especially with Supergirl. And then I think episode two was like super scary with like an alien's face ripping off and stuff. And so <laughs> she had like nightmares. I was like, never mind. Oh, <laughs> I'm playing catch up just because it's on demand with our cable provider so I can watch it like the next week. And then speaking of the other DC show, Gotham, I'm, I'm playing catch up. And I'm usually always a week behind that one. That one finally got a little good for me yeah i i I mean gotham's a lot of hit and miss but it's been pretty good the last episode i watched was i don't know what it's called but it was finally i guess galavan killed the penguin's mother and they finally go after him. That was super well concocted. Penguins attacked on that uh, election party, dressing up all the penguins. Yeah. And you know what? I think I missed the previous um, episode then because I remember watching it and like Penguin saying something like that he finally did it. But I was like, what the hell? When did he kill her? Yeah. So then I missed an episode. Oh, yeah. I guess you missed that one then. Yeah. Galavan killed Penguin's mother. And so now he's kind of going after him. And now Gordon kind of realizes what type of person Galavan is and he's already like too heavily involved in him. And Galavan's already yeah. elected mayor, so pretty much has Gordon yeah. wrapped around his finger. Yeah, I saw that part. Like where he showed up to the um, I guess welcoming or not yeah. welcoming, but his victory party. And he came up I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, so like I said, that one was the better of the few episodes I've seen recently of Gotham. Like I said, Supergirls, it's fun. It's not really incorporated into any other universes. Aaron, are you watching like Flash or Arrow or anything like that? Uh, Arrow, I got done with, I believe, season three. Flash, we haven't jumped on. And Gotham is just something about it that's just off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure, like, if you get into it and you watch it, and like you said, I know you said you watched a couple episodes and it finally kind of, kind of got you. But uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's the, the characters being so young and already starting to like establish what they are and who they are. I just yeah, from the comics, I just not having that. I mean, yeah, I think we talked about this last time. Like these, these relationships that are evolving on screen are, are years away from where they should be like Bruce and Selena. They shouldn't know each other exist right now. And I mean, it was just, working. it was just Batman. I mean, it was when he came out, I mean, that's, he opened the door yeah. to the freaks and to these people. Yeah. And like now they're there. They're already on, like on their path when he's not even a thing yet. It, I think yeah. that's what confuses me. I mean, and I'm, I'm one that like gives things a chance, whether it's, it's, not obviously not everything's gonna gonna cross over to the comic books or the origins or whatnot but i feel like that one just took a huge step into a whole different like world mm-hmm. it definitely makes it harder to visualize a batman that we've grown to love coming from like an origin story like the one gotham's given us like right now bruce wayne is the biggest pussy i've ever met so, or ever seen so it's, it's hard to imagine like he grows up to be the batman based yeah, on yeah I, feel like, I feel like those characters the villains are going to make batman instead of batman opening a door to them and that's what throws it off for me yeah the the one thing i will never forgive them for doing is when at the, well the very first episode when his parents die and he screams like a little bitch i was like what the hell like i know you haven't gone through puberty <laughs> But still, like, who directing-wise said, oh, yeah, that was great. You're screaming like a girl. That's funny. I I do want to say my favorite part of Gotham, and most recently he's grown on me, has to be Edward Nygma. That Riddler yeah. origin story, that to me seems super believable. Like, I could see yeah. that turning into the Riddler that we saw in, like, Zero Year, basically. Yeah, I think that, that story arc is really badass. And I think they're setting up for... You know how like this season was, it, it, I mean, it's pretty much Penguin. Like right now he's on his downfall and yeah. I, it's going to go back to Penguin soon. But I think they're setting up for next season, Riddler. I would See, that's so. my thing though. Like all these villains are going to be, they're going to be around. And I mean, there's still a kid who is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Right. He's not even a, he's not even a teenager. He's not even in his 20s. Like there's nothing there. Yeah, I think you mentioned that last time, Renee. Like the whole reason these these villains exist was because Batman came to the scene. And, you know, he's their counter or whatever. So yeah, it's hard right. to imagine that these villains were around before Batman was even Batman. Yeah. But like I said, it's just an alternate universe, another one to throw in DC's pocket. Like I said, I watch it on demand a week or two after, and it's usually after I've made my way through all the other shows. So it's not on the top of my list, but I do still make an effort just to just to see where the story's going and um, isn't there's nobody portraying anything like black black mass obviously he's not in it oh no black but mass isn't, was. He, isn't he in the comics isn't he the closest to knowing bruce when he was a kid black mask was in season one i think of gotham was he yeah he, i think he was the one that was i think if you remember Renee, he was the one hosting that like underground like fight club yeah, he's not the I black mean, mask yet, but he was. But basically... yeah, Sionis, I forgot his. I forget his first name. Well, like what Aaron's saying, the the one character I'm surprised they haven't put in, who I think everybody would be excited about, would Most... be Thomas Elliot, who Hush right turns into Hush, yeah, yeah, and he because, was like, in the... that episode, but he's still a boy, right? And like in the comics, well, from. Um, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee's story arc, like he was there when Bruce's parents died. Mm -hmm. So I thought that'd be cool to have them go off in their ways. See, you know, Bruce obviously goes into Batman and Tommy goes the opposite, but I'm surprised they haven't done that. 
Yeah. I, a lot of people were excited to see Thomas Elliott on screen, but that literally lasted like an episode and a half. I mean, if you want to develop that relationship on screen, you know, it's like childhood friends. I'm all for that. There's really nothing you can do with the character at this point. I mean, he's just like Bruce Wayne. He's still a kid. You can't jump to that Batman phase just like you can't jump to the, the Hush phase. So. Right. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just there. You uh, just got to look at it as an alternate universe. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. One of these past Tuesdays shows The Flash was by far one of my favorite episodes so far. The Flash. So badass. Yeah. I'm tempted to like go watch it like after we get off of this again just because it was super good. Yeah, were you, so did, were you able to catch it, Aaron? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, no, you're behind. Any of the Flash. Yeah, no, I haven't watched any of them. So you haven't watched any of this season? Uh, no, I haven't even started Flash. Dang. Yeah, I did. I did uh, Arrow. It took me halfway through the first season to be able to commit to the rest of it. Yeah. Flash was the one I really wanted to. I just haven't got a chance to get in on that one. Arrow lost my interest. This last episode was actually surprisingly good, but because they cross over, not that often, but because they do and they incorporate a lot of the same villains and like it's it's definitely a very shared universe. You kind of do have to stick with it. I was talking to a couple of the guys on another podcast, Friday Night Fandom, that I join every once in a while. One of the guys was talking about dropping Arrow and I was like, you can't really drop Arrow and keep watching Flash because a lot of the villains that are coming from Earth 2 and Multiverse that the Flash opened up are going to eventually go into the Arrow universe and that's what's going to cause these crossovers and stuff like that. So you kind of have to watch them both like consecutively like or with each other. Yeah, I mean Arrow just kind of, for me has fallen off really. This last episode, yeah, like I think it was good but I think just because the previous episodes were just kind of poor. Yeah, it wasn't that good but it was just better than the other one. So it's like shitty but not as shitty. Right, it was like a surprising one. Like you were like oh shoot, it was actually good today. I was liking it because I was thinking that this whole Elicity or Oliver and Felicity thing was about to end. And then yeah. she had like a change of heart. Yeah, Arrow's too back and forth. It's there and then it, it just... I don't know. I, I, I try to stick on to it just because I, I love the character and everything. But um, it's just some episodes are just good and then some are just bad. Yeah. Well, I would definitely recommend Flash, though, Aaron. Yeah, like that. This last episode was just so badass and it's just a great show. Yeah, get caught up on that one as soon as you can. But since you haven't watched it, we won't spoil it. But yes, this past <laughs> one was the best. I would say since the entire Flash series, this one was by far the, my favorite so far. And yeah. then um, I think next week I saw the preview we're going to see the return of gorilla grod so I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well what else is going on in the comic book world i think we ran through all our topics i'm out of stuff to talk about unless y'all had some other ideas or topics for me i'm super excited if it is true that they're going to do the next batman solo from batman under the red hood oh that's right yeah i don't know i think it was on instagram in my explore page and then i went to comicbookmovie.com and i found the actual article and so i was the one that threw that up on the comic book thing club instagram and i'm really hoping that's true that animated movie and that story art comic books was phenomenal yeah i agree yeah i mean i think since um comic con when they announced that affleck would be well possibly directing it and jeff john's like co-writing it i know that they had been throwing that one around so like the fact now that it's kind of picking up more steam and like being acknowledged a little more like man i'm just hoping because i think that'd be such a badass story to, to be told on the big screen and it's gonna if they come out and say that it that's the next story like hopefully it confirms that dick grayson isn't the one that's dead in batman vs superman because that's the other thing everybody's saying yeah it definitely makes sense i mean they've left enough easter eggs to suggest that that's the direction even if it's just influenced by under the red hood and not necessarily like scrapes you know page for page it's still right. a good premise and a good plot to go off with you know with the the joker suit obviously like damaged and basically beaten in the the bat cave and and you know and, and the age as well you know just the, the time lapse you know that would suggest that there's been enough time in you know this universe to have lapsed to have created the Red Hood. So it, to me, it makes sense, and it, it, it would be a good way to go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it would be... that That's a story everybody wants. Mm-hmm. I just love how... Uh... I love how Tim Drake just gets buried. <laughs> like, like he's always, he's just, he doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the stepchild. That's funny. There's some yeah. other cool story arcs they could do, but I just think, you know, would be a little bit boldy, you know, like Black Mirror or A Death of the Family. But I mean, there's some cool, like recent, like modern story arcs that would fit for like the Batman solo titles. But I definitely put 
Under the Red Hood up there is one of my most desired stories that I'd like to see play out on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I want a Death, Death of the Family uh, animated movie. That's what I want. Yeah, me too. That would be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and then like I said, even even this most recent Endgame by Capullo, I just want to see some influence from Capullo. I'd like to see you know the Court of Owls and stuff like that, like on film. I think we were talking about that last time. Like it would be it'd be kind of cool to see that play out or develop on Gotham, you know, or even like a, a smaller TV show. But to me, you know, like talent and all that stuff is better left on the big screen. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be cool story art to do on the big screen. I mean, it falls within the time frame, too. I mean, well, actually, I don't know if they're going to be saying that Batfleck is that old. But I mean, Court of Owls have been there forever. So exactly. There's not really a wrong or right time to introduce the Court of Owls because, you know, the whole premise behind that is that they've just always been there. So introducing them or exploiting them at any point is in, in any good time, really, whenever you want to do it. Yeah, I know the other one everybody has been talking about, which I think would be cool too, is um, Hush storyline. Yeah, I think uh, that would take a lot of backtracking, though. That's something you kind of have to do. And I know we get it a lot from Arrow, you know, these, these fucking flashbacks. So I think that's the only way they really could do that. Yeah, that's true. Because you can't, but, it's not going to be a, such a shock when you find out who it is if you have not invested time getting to know that character. So I really don't right. think that's something they're going to do, at least in the universe that they're currently creating. Yeah, I'm just super excited and I'm all on board now for Batflex. So <laughs> took you long enough. Yeah, no, we've been, uh, we've been. I think uh, I believe Woods got to be one of the the few people on Instagram that was uh, was backing it with me. Yeah. I know. I almost I almost unfollowed him. I was like, I don't know, this guy's <laughs> out there, but no, he had faith and he wasn't wrong. I'm super stoked that it's not that far away. Like everything I'm looking forward to is right around the corner now. It seems so far away, and now it's like a few months away now. So yeah, and then they just started doing Wonder Woman these last few days, I think. Yeah, because um, what's his name? in it i think it's that chris pine guy from star trek i think he's oh in it. yeah 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 there was yeah yeah he's in it there were some rumors that he was on set or something so i kind of assumed that they were recording something yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah, and i think jeff johns is down in london as well right now yeah i'm really glad they have him like overseeing everything it's very marvel influence you know with like kevin feige and, and all them like overseeing everything so i think it's good to have it grounded you know to have somebody familiar with the the comics and the characters to ensure that it's adapted correctly definitely yeah i'm stoked for all these films tv shows aaron you got to get caught up on the flash so we can talk about that next time yeah that's what i'll do anything else guys mm, they just released all the variants for number two on midtown Oh, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Great. Yeah. I know. I got a an alert, and I was like, "Ah, oh, son of a gun!" <laughs> an alert. Yeah, because like yeah, they have I, the Midtown app. Yeah, the notifications. Yeah, so I was That's like, "Oh, fine. I should turn that off." Yeah, I I was preparing for this, but now I'm kind of. I don't really think I'm gonna get that many. I've got the Capullo number one pre-ordered. I'm gonna get the regular cover. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm just gonna show up and get what they have. I'm not gonna to seek out anything at the they don't have yeah i don't think you i don't think anybody can unless you're steve i don't i don't see anybody else being able to (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no and and i'm starting to see a lot more of the shops are getting some of the other exclusives as well like i know comic exposure Mm -hmm. they pretty much have almost every variant like for regular price so i'm like cool i'll try and get it from there but they showed a sneak preview of the capullo 3 variant uh, or for issue three, and that one's badass. It's a Joker with I forgot their kid, the kids' names that Joker's started throwing kids. out the the gas. I don't know who they are either, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so that cover looks pretty badass. So are all of the Midtown exclusives Capullo covers? I think so. Because I know some comic books shops are getting like multiple exclusive covers. I think that I don't remember which one it was, but I know. I mean, I know he's doing the number one. So is there a Capullo? Is there a number two Midtown Capullo cover as well? Yeah, there's a number two and there's a number three. Wow. But the three isn't up yet. I just saw it on his um, Twitter. But then it's down now. I think he took it down. And the series, uh, the series confirmed as eight. I remember oh, you guys. Are, yeah, you guys. I think you guys were talking about it being a six. Oh, it's an eight oh. issue series. Shit. Yeah, it should be an eight. Oh yeah, I do see that now. The number two issue for Midtown. Oh yeah, that's like him in the mud. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That one is pretty cool. Those will probably be the extent of the ones that I seek out are going to be the Capullo ones, and if they're all Midtown variants, I guess I'll just have to wait for those then. The only good side is is that they're not so limited, so that's pretty good. I mean, I still see like the pre-orders are still left. The only ones that are sold 
sold out, which is ridiculous. Is the thousand dollar one for the Jim Lee the, for the number out? one? That's the only one that's sold out so far. Imagine so it must have been Steve's. Are you still getting that hardcover edition? Of number yeah, one? yeah. And Jim Lee just released the cover art for the box set. It looks pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, like I said, I'm just gonna kind of show up. I know there's a Hastings exclusive, so I'm definitely gonna grab that. I think that's the. I think Raphael Albuquerque is the one doing that one. So I don't know. It's not. It's, Albuquerque's doing books a lot or something like that. That's true. And um, I think it's Tyler Kirkham that's doing. Oh, the Hastings. that makes sense. So but I like the Hastings yeah. one. That one's tight. Yeah, I'll definitely try and grab some of those for you guys. Like I said, I'm just gonna show up. Whatever he's got, I'll take. But I'm not really gonna make an effort other than these uh, Capullo ones. Is there a is there an actual uh, number as to how many are out now? Are gonna be out? Thirty. Thirty for just them. Number one. Well, yeah, for number one. Yeah, that's just number one. Is Amazing Spider-Man all over again? Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But I think for like two and three, they're gonna cut it back. Well, <laughs> their definition of cutback is twenty or eighteen variants after that. Jesus, it's yeah. gonna go through the whole uh, the whole series. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I kind of hit the the realization that it's just not even gonna be worth it to be trying to get them all. So yeah. I'm just gonna get my favorite ones, and if I get them like down the road, cool. If not, then oh well. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll wrap it up. We got a lot discussed. Definitely shorter than the last episode. I appreciate you guys joining me. If you guys want to go ahead and um, let everyone know that's listening where they can find you at, if you got a Twitter, a Facebook, and Instagram, wherever you would like them to reach you at, just comments, feedback, stuff like that. So let's start with you, Renee. Where, where can they find you on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram, and it's uh, R E N E underscore G zero nine. And Aaron. Uh, you could catch me Instagram, Merc with the beard, uh, the dots in the middle, or uh, the comic book fiend club. I mean, that's where everybody's kind of linked on to anyway. Yeah, you can find all of us at Comic Book Fiend Club on Instagram, all together, no spaces. There we're joined by Renee and Aaron, who's on the podcast with me. Of course, I'm on there as well. You can also find Carlos, Rick, and Ricky, the other members of the Comic Book Fiend Club, who are not joining us, but they're definitely individuals you need to take a look at their personal pages, their collections, and our love for comic books that brought us all together. So I appreciate everyone listening. This is The Last Page with Jesse, Renee, and Aaron, episode 14. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us, dude. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we appreciate you sticking with us for the past hour as we talk comic books. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at lastpagecomics at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at lastpage underscore comics. I hope you'll follow me and my co-host on Instagram and show them some love as well. And also give the Comic Book Bean Club on Instagram a look and follow. This episode was produced as always by Big Dick Days and myself from Empty Rant. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, this is The Last Page.